0: Welcome to the Valley Point podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. For the past several weeks, we have been talking about areas of our lives that are often out of control key areas where we tend to lose it. And we've been looking to Scripture to say, hey, let's discover what God says about how we can find control and how we can gain that again. And so we've just been having a fun time considering what does Scripture say about finding control, again, in these key areas of life. Today, I want us to think about this word and this thought. So ready? Here we go. It's envy. Good old-fashioned envy. Now, here's the deal. Often when I think about that word and that thing, here's what I communicate to myself. That's not my problem. That's not my issue. I mean, I know envy exists and that people do struggle with this, but that's not my issue. That's not my problem. I don't envy. And maybe you feel the same way. As we're here and as we're thinking through this, maybe you're saying, okay, envy is not a big deal to me. Again, I know it exists. I know it's out there, but it's not my problem. I don't envy. Isn't it great when you come to church and the topic is thrown out and you sense that I'm off the hook today? Isn't that a great feeling? And you can begin to elbow the person next to you and point, and I see all of this happen from up here quite often and it's really a fun thing to be able to observe but doesn't it feel good when you're here at church and it's not your problem it's not your issue and again maybe you're feeling that way about envy and you sense that you are safe and you are off the hook that this is for somebody else well let's think about that for a moment Because envy is this thing, if we were honest with ourselves, and I believe that we can and we should be, envy is this thing that can often rise up within us with no announcement, with no grand entrance. It just appears, and it begins to chip away at the inside. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, says it this way, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, that sounds good, doesn't it? But, and here's our word, envy. Here's what it does. Envy makes the bones rot. Now, that sounds awful. So a tranquil, a peaceful heart brings life to the body. But when envy invades, when it takes up residence within us and begins to perk and begins to live, it actually makes the bones rot here's our big idea for today and that is envy empties that's just what it does it empties and when we find ourselves running on empty leading on empty parenting on empty or building relationships on empty this is a very dangerous thing and we can find ourselves in trouble quickly envy is something that empties and it empties quickly it just does I want to take a few moments and kind of let you know how we got to this particular topic as we think about envy. When I started this series back on October 2nd, I kind of laid out a grid, an outline of how we were going to progress through the series of where where did it go and how can we bring self-control into these key areas of life. And so we began our journey by talking about calendar chaos. And when our calendars are bursting and just out of control, And we lose it. How can we bring control back to our calendars? And then we talked about parenting perplexities. And as we parent and as we grandparent, this is a really challenging spot in our lives. And often that can get sideways on us and out of control. So how can we bring control back into the parenting and grandparenting arena? And then we talked about racial tension. And certainly we see this in our own culture. A lot of racial tension. And how do we bring Self-control back into that by loving others the way that Christ did. And then we talked about money pressure. And boy, money can just bring chaos into our lives quickly, whether we have enough or not, or anywhere in between, we can lose control. And so how do we bring self-control back into this arena that we call money? When it came to this Sunday, I said way back on October the 2nd, I'm going to leave this one open because I honestly don't know what to discuss. And I knew that people would share their opinions and their thoughts, and I invited that, and people began to talk to me about what we should share. And as I heard different things from different people, it was interesting because a predominant theme kind of fell out of that. Like everybody was saying the same thing, address this. Talk about this a little bit, because it just seems to be out of control in my life, in my family's life, in my friend's life, and please just address this area. So I I took some notes, and I gathered all of that information, and I began to think about some different things, and then I met with my advisory team. I have a group that I meet with throughout the year, I actually am meeting with them tomorrow night, and they give me advice, and I ask them to give me input on several different areas, and When I got with them a couple of months ago, I said, look, I'm going to do this talk in mid-November and I'm leaving it open. I would really like some input. What do you think about an area of life that seems to be out of control? And so we met and we talked. And again, they shared stuff with me and there was a theme that came out of that that remarkably matched the same thing that everybody else was saying that didn't have the chance to get with them and talk. So from the individuals who shared with me, And from my advisory team, there was just this overwhelming theme that came out of the input given to me. And that overwhelming theme was not envy. It wasn't. So I'm going to make everybody mad today by not talking about what they actually discussed. But I'm going to get there, so travel with me for just a few moments. The predominant theme that came out of these discussions centered on devices, and social media, and our penchant for doing this all of the time, and for looking down and being oblivious to everything that is happening around me, and how this, right here, head down, not looking up, is hurting relationships. And as these discussions continued to unfold about this, heads down, not paying attention what continued to fall out of these conversations was this insatiable pressure to keep up with other people and to track what they are doing and how do I compare. It's almost like we know too much about people anymore, right? Too much. But what's interesting is what we know about people is based on what they share with us, And what they share with us tends to be all of the happiness and all of the perfections in their life. And it would appear, based on doing this, head down, just checking things out, that everybody's out there buying lavish gifts. Everybody's going on incredible vacations. And everybody has these perfect little families that always get along and never have any issues or any problems at all. And when I do this and I begin to compare my life with what I see there, well, it's easy to come to the conclusion that my life is lame. (laughs) And my life is no fun. And I'm just kind of boring. And I'm not perfect like everybody else. Because again, what you see here tends to be everybody's highlight reel, all of the perfections like this. Consider, seems like everybody has a perfect job, yet somehow everybody hates their job. I don't know how that works, but everybody's got a perfect job, perfect kids, perfect vacations, perfect house, perfect bodies. I well, just look around. We know that's not true as well, but yet everybody's posting pictures of their perfect bodies and perfect food preparations, like the pictures of food anymore. Like, where does this happen? Perfect birthday parties? You know, when I was a kid, if you got a cake and a candle. Like, there it is. I got a cake and a candle. This is going to be a good birthday. Like, that was wonderful. That was fun. And now these perfect birthday parties are just incredible. Perfect hair, perfect you name it. Everything seems to be perfect. And I am guilty of this as well. It's November. I'm wrinkly and pasty. That's just who I am. But I have a phone that has a feature called Beauty Face. I mean, it's like the best thing ever. I can take a picture right now being pasty and wrinkly, and I have no wrinkles, and I am ridiculously tan. In the middle of November, it will be the same way in December. It is just amazing, and everything is perfect. And we know this cannot be true. It can't be true. And the word that kept coming to me as I had these conversations about social media and heads down and comparing ourselves to other people is this word, envy. And let's be honest, this is something that can quickly creep up on the inside and begin to devour us because we know this envy empties. It empties. And we may not even be aware it's happening, but envy empties. So with that as the backdrop for how I got to this word and this discussion, based on all of the input given to me, I think the question becomes, how do we gain control in this area where we tend to lose it and become envious of stuff and people and circumstances and everything that's going on out there in everybody's perfect world. How can I get self-control in this area? Well, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews is a book in the New Testament. Last week, we looked at chapter 13, a couple of verses there. So we're just going to back it up a chapter and look at two verses in chapter 12. I want to remind you of the purpose of the book of Hebrews. Every book in the Bible has a purpose. And when we discover that purpose, it helps us to know that everything found in that book kind of points to that. And what I shared last week is that the purpose of Hebrews is an exhortation to persecuted believers to continue in the grace of Christ Jesus. They were believers that were being physically hurt and abused and persecuted because they identified with the person of Christ. And so the writer of Hebrews says, look, I want you to stay focused, stick with it. Don't give up. I know it's hard, but just continue in the grace, continue to follow Jesus. And I believe that things will work out and God will work through us if we stick to this. So that's the purpose ...of the book of Hebrews, and we see this come out again in chapter 12. So, with that in mind, let's look at verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith... ...therefore, it's a connecting word there that gives us a link. Often when we find the word therefore it points to a theoretical argument that has practical application. And I believe that's exactly what we discover here. So when you see the word therefore, you've got to say, what is it pointing to? What is the link that is there? I have encouraged you before to underline, to highlight, to circle, to box, whatever you like to do in your Bible so that you can go back and say, oh, I made a note here, and what does that mean? underline, highlight box, whatever you want to do to that word, therefore, because again, it provides a connecting link to something. The question becomes, what is it connecting us to? What's the link? By the way, this is one of the fascinating things about scripture and why we have to read and study and dive in because there's so much to discover here. So we've got this connecting word that gives us a link to something. What is it linking us to? Well, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, so the connecting link is to this crowd of witnesses. Well, who's that? Who's the crowd? Well, if you go back to chapter 11, which we're not going to take time to read, you will find what is commonly referred to as the Hall of Faith chapter. There's just incredible men and women here. And here's what it says. He lived by faith. And it gives some comments on that. She lived by faith. And here's how God used her. He walked by faith. She walked by faith. And so this connecting link here is pointing back to these individuals in chapter 11. And I would really encourage you as well. Go back and read that chapter. There's just amazing people there who in the middle of some very difficult circumstances chose to walk by faith and God used them to accomplish incredible things. And you can read all about that in chapter 11. Well, when we get to chapter 12, we have this connecting word that points back to these individuals and it encourages us to look at them as an example. So look to them, these men and these women who walked by faith. For what? What do we look to them for? Well, let's continue. Let us strip off. And this has the idea to, to put away or to cast off. So we're looking to these individuals and we have to cast something off. We have to get rid of something. What is that? Well, let's get rid of every weight that slows us down, these burdens, these hindrances. If we're going to walk by faith, if we're going to honor God this way, we've got to throw some things off. Those things that cause us to bulge a bit, these hindrances. We've got to get rid of that. That's what these individuals in chapter 11 did. Especially, it goes on to say, the sin that so easily trips us up or that sin that easily ensnares us or controls us tightly. Let's get rid of that. And I think we could put into that list the sin of envy. This thing that hinders, this thing that controls us tightly. Let's throw that off. Let's get rid of that because it's going to keep us from doing this. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So the challenge here, stay focused. Throw off the things that bother us like envy, that hinder us, that cause us to bulge. Do that and run with endurance the race that God has set before you. We're going to talk about this in just a moment, but God has given to each and every one of us a specific race. You've got to discover your race. What does God want you to run? What does God want me to run? And we need to do that with endurance because keep in mind, the race that God has set before you is not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon, and so it takes a lot of endurance. We have to prepare for this by stripping things off that weigh us down, especially the sins that trap us and ensnare us. Now, get this, verse 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Right? Like, this is the whole secret right here. This is the whole deal. So here's how you run with endurance. Here's how you throw off all the stuff like envy that trips us up and causes us to bulge. Here's how you do that. You fix attention on, you put your eyes on Jesus. Eyes on him. Eyes on him. Eyes on Jesus. What an appropriate reminder for us this week, isn't it? Now, why do we do that? Well, it says here that he is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So let me wrap all of this up. Therefore, that's what verse one says. It's a connecting link to what we find in chapter 11. These individuals who lived by faith, and they are our example. So let's look to them. And here's what they did. They stripped off every weight that would slow them down, especially these sins that capture us and entangle us. And that allows them to run with endurance the race that God set before them. And eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Because after all, guess what he is? He is the author and the finisher of our faith which says a lot about who Jesus actually is. And so this is how we run with endurance. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the one who started and completes our faith. Powerful verses. Now, I want to shift gears a little bit, and based on those verses and those phrases there that we've walked through and we've unpacked a bit, I want to share three thinking points with you, just three of them. So write these down. Number one. God wants you to run the race that he has for you. Not the race that he has for the person sitting next to you. But God wants you to run the race that he has for you. That's what he wants you to do. Not to envy the race of somebody else. What's the race? Well, I think based on the context of Hebrews, the race... Is running hard in such a way that I honor God with my life and I point other people to Him. And so, everywhere that I go, this is what I'm doing. I am on mission. I'm living as a sent one, as I work, as I lead, as I parent, as I go to school, as I mourn with those who mourn, and as I rejoice with those who rejoice. Everywhere I go, it's this life, it's a race of honoring God and living on mission, living as a sent one. And again, that's going to be different for each and every one of us in here based on our life experience and our skills and where we are in our friendship with God. But we have a race that God has given to us. And things like envy, it empties, it empties. And it keeps us from running the race that God has given specifically to us. I think one of the great questions we all need to consider as we walk out of here in just a few moments is what is that race? As I work, live, play, go to school, all these different things, how does God want me specifically to live on mission and to live as a sent one, all of these different places that I go? That's the race God has for you. You've got to figure that out and run with it. Because that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to run your race. Not somebody else's race. and Not envy the race of somebody else. No, run your race. Secondly, envy is wasted time. It's a hindrance. It's a big hindrance. And here's why I say that. I believe when we envy, we put ourselves in a battle with God which is generally not a good thing to do. But when we envy, we put ourselves in a battle with God because we're basically communicating to God, you made a mistake somehow, God. I deserve or I should have had, and I'm envying that over there because I believe I should have that. And so we're communicating to God that he missed out somehow, and you made a mistake, and that is a dangerous place to go and something that is not sustainable for us and that's why envy is wasted time takes us to bad places thirdly the solution for envy is fixing our attention on Jesus that's the solution eyes fixed on locked on Jesus eyes on Jesus eyes on Jesus Okay, I want to share three takeaways with you in light of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, looking to these individuals as inspiration for us, as an example, to strip off all of these things, including envy, and to run with endurance the race that God has set before us by focusing our eyes on Jesus. So we can walk out of here having victory in this area. Here's takeaway number one. Celebrate the successes of others and do it quickly. I'm telling you, this just helps us to overcome envy. If someone else gets the job promotion over you, if someone else makes the team over you, if someone else gets the house, the car, the toys, if someone else gets the recognition that maybe you rightfully deserve, celebrate the successes of others and do it quickly, and it just kicks envy to the curb. Secondly, check your eyes. Check your eyes. Are they down here doing this, comparing ourselves with everybody else's highlight reel and everybody else's perfect? Or are our eyes up? And this is another great question for us to consider as we walk away from today. Where are my eyes? Are they looking up? Are they fixed on Jesus? Even if I don't get it all and even if it doesn't make sense and even if it doesn't feel fair, have I put my attention? Are my eyes locked on him? Where are my eyes right now? And then thirdly, never compare someone else's highlight reel with your behind-the-scenes footage. <laughs> it's just a dangerous thing. Uh, you're potentially comparing your real life with someone's fake happiness, which is actually probably what it is. And if you compare your real life with someone's fake happiness... You're not going to be happy, and that is something else that is not sustainable. So never compare someone else's highlight reel with your real behind-the-scenes footage. Okay, back to the big idea. Envy empties. And again, we may not consider this to be our issue or our problem, but if we were honest with ourselves, we know that this invades, and it comes into our lives, and it takes up residence, And we might see it as a respectable sin. Like, it's not as bad as that, right? Nobody has to know about this. But all sin is an offense to God, no matter what it is. And so if we want to deal with that, we have to understand that envy empties. And so I will look to the examples that we find in Scripture of individuals who have chosen to live by faith in very difficult circumstances. And here's what they did. They decide... They decided to put off all of the hindrances and the stuff that would keep them from following hard after Jesus and running the race, things like envy. And instead, eyes on Christ. Eyes on Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I believe if we do that this week, we will walk free of envy and we'll be able to add control to an area where we quickly can lose it. God, we have looked at some very unique verses today that connect us to some of your chosen servants, individuals who served you in amazing ways. They didn't always have it easy, but yet they chose to run their race. And as a result of that, you honored them, you lifted them up, and helped them to endure life's circumstances. And God, I pray that you'd help us to do the same, especially regarding this area of envy. God, would you just help each and every one of us today to identify our race? How can I live on mission where I live, work, and play? How can I live as a sent one? How can that happen? How can that be accomplished in my life? God, you've given us a beautiful template of throwing off the things that hinder us and ensnare us like envy and fixing our attention and our eyes on you. God, I pray that you'd help me to do that this week. God, it's so easy to look out and envy the races of others. So easy, so easy. Help us to celebrate the successes of others quickly whether we agree with it or not, help us to do that and then help us to put our eyes on you, the author and the finisher of our faith. God, give us a wonderful week. Give Valley Point Church a wonderful week as we go out into our places of work, into our homes, into our schools, into our different communities and help us to walk free of envy because it empties. And running on empty is a dangerous thing. So help us to put our eyes on you. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.